Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. It is Tuesday, December 8th, 2020. I am Andrew Hansen alongside Joe Sarvati, who is affectionately known as Coach. And today is day two of our four-day preview of the NBA season from a DFS perspective. Coach, you ready to get after it again? I am ready, man. I, You know, it's just getting nuts how excited I am for the start of this season. We're three <laughs> days away from preseason, and then, you know, we have preseason every day. Uh, then that ends on the 19th, and then, bang, 22nd, we're off and running. So everything's starting to shape up. Uh, fun seeing the news, figuring out which uh, strip club Harden's at uh, today. <laughs> yeah, he's making but, the rounds. Uh, yes, but it's all coming together. So I'm I'm excited we've hit two conference or uh, two divisions. Now we'll catch two more, and then uh, we'll finish up later this week with the last two. And then our, our wrap-up show to sort of put everything into perspective, uh, do a, a two brains are better than one lineup for the opening uh, maybe of, uh, of the uh, preseason and, and see where we go from there. Absolutely. So as you alluded to, we're doing two divisions per day, so 10 teams breaking yep. it down from a DFS perspective. Today, we've got the Southeast Division and the Northwest Division. If you missed the first part of our four podcast series where we did the Atlantic Division and the Central Divisions, you can check that out anywhere podcasts can be found, YouTube, Apple, uh, you know, uh, Spotify, iTunes, you name it. Uh, so uh, go check that out. If you're new to YouTube, uh, YouTube, please hit the like button and subscribe so you know when the other podcasts post. And then, of course, our other sports, we're doing five NFL podcasts per week, so be sure to check those out. Uh, Coach, let's get started here with the Atlanta Hawks yes. in the Southeast Division, and uh, we'll, we'll take a look at some of these uh, win total over-unders as we go, courtesy okay. of our presenting sponsor, betus.com.pa. We absolutely yep. love our partnership with them and the phenomenal offer that they have given to our listeners, so you'll hear about that in more detail halfway through the show. But the win total for Atlanta is pretty juicy. It's a lot higher than last year, 37 and a half. They've made some big moves. They got Bogdanovich, Bogdan that is, not Milwaukee. So let's yeah. start there. What do you think about the impact of Bogdanovich joining that backcourt with Trey Young? Oh, I, I think it's a tremendous signing for them. I mean, they're they were the team on the rise anyway before that signing and uh you know the, the fact of putting all the pieces together uh i i, I think this team's going to take off i think that over under total although it's way higher than how many wins they had last year uh i wouldn't be too afraid to to hit that under or i'm sorry that over because i think atlanta is going to be pretty amazing i think bogdanovich bogdanovich will fit right in uh, you know, talk about having to guard the perimeter with young Bogdanovich and Reddish out there. Good night. They're going to be making threes like crazy. So, yeah, he's he, what a fantastic pickup for them and, and well worth it because he's I mean, he's also very young. I mean, he fits right into this core nucleus of this team with Collins and and Herter and all the other young guys. Hunter, I mean, they're that's that's the great thing about them. They're not just going to be in the playoffs this year their their future looks really bright 
Yeah, and then they've got Rajon Rondo, who they've added to be that mentor for Trey Young. So he's going to take them up a notch in terms of experience. Of course, they added Danilo Gallinari, and it has been announced that he'll come off the bench. So he'll he'll be coming in at the four uh, behind John Collins. And that's another question I have for you is, you know, how much will that potentially hold John Collins's value down? Because we've also got Clint Capella back in the mix. So it's it's a little bit more crowded. It's a much more uh, it's a much deeper rotation than last year. Oh, no question about it. I mean, I, I think Collins will be overpriced initially because of his production from last year. But I think you make a, a very valid point. There were several games last year where he was basically the only big in there or him at the four and one of their G League guys, uh, you know, or Bruno Fernando or somebody that just, you know, isn't that good. And so he had everything in the paint his way, rebound, scoring, the whole nine yards. But what what a difference a year makes. I mean, as you mentioned, they played Pete Gallinari a, a boatload of money. So there's no doubt he's going to get minutes. So that's got to have some effect. Uh, you know, I'm sure they'd like to play Gallo at the three a little bit. But defensively, he becomes a liability at the three just because he's not quite quick enough. I mean, he's he's decent at the four defensively. But, uh, you know, I think, and, you know, and they have Reddish and, Hunt, and Hunter out there that they just used a couple of first round picks on. So, uh, you know, to answer your question, I think, yeah, Collins is going to see a little regression as a sacrifice to where the team's going. Because, you know, some of those block shots he had are going to definitely go to Capella without question a bunch of those rebounds. I mean, people forget Capella was went on a string of nine out of 10 games with 20 rebounds. I mean, that that's only happened like Wilt and Rod were the only two guys that had ever had a streak <laughs> like that. So, uh, you know, and then you put in a guy that I thought was a phenomenal steal for them is uh, Onyeka Okogmu, the, the big man from USC, 6'9-ish, uh, really compares well to like a Bam Adebayo, so, you know, the fact that they went from Collins and some G League fellas to Collins, Gallinari, Capella, and, a, and a Okogmu as their rotation of the bigs, man, that is going to be a massive improvement all the way around, offensively, defensively, rebounding. I mean, it's Lloyd Pierce has to be ecstatic as the coach. Yeah, and I think this is going to be a team that we continue to target because of their pace and their three-point shooting prowess and then, you know, the up and down factor, high scoring, the opposing team's going to continue to put up big DFS stats on the other side. So we're going to have these guys tuned in on League Pass quite a bit. There's no question about it. I think, you know, with them, it's not just going to be let's target players against them like we did last year because there was such high scoring. I think you're going to be able to target a lot of their games and play Atlanta guys and be able to match them up on the other side with a few guys that, that can uh, can pump it up. So you're right. I think the Atlanta Hawks button will be pushed a lot on the DirecTV channel uh, search uh, this coming season, no doubt about it. Excellent. Well, let's uh, continue through the Southeast Division. Let's go to Charlotte. And Oh, yikes. Well, yeah, it, that's what it's been lately. I think 
Mr. Jordan here has to be about as happy as he's been in a while with a little bit of influx of talent with LaMelo Ball and Gordon Hayward. Uh, I mean, their win total is 26 on betus.com.pa. So we're not talking about playoffs here, but at least a little bit of a spark and, uh, you know, a, a real log jam in the backcourt with LaMelo coming in. Obviously, it was a big year last year for Devontae Graham and Terry Rozier. You've got Malik Monk. And then Gordon Hayward obviously can't can handle the ball. So how are you going to sort through that group? Well, I, you know, first of all, I I don't think they're going to be that great. Obviously, I don't think they're a playoff team, like you said. But just the fact that they were able to land a Gordon Hayward says a lot for the organization, because really the, the last time and sort of the only guy I can think of in recent history uh, that signed there was uh, was Batum when, you know, he was playing good ball and, you know, we all knew he was more of a defender and, and, and everything else. But as far as high profile all-star, I mean, this Gordon Hayward signing is is really uh, a big win for their organization. I, I feel good for their fans who've seen a lot of terrible basketball. So, uh, you know, the question is, is LaMelo ready, you know, to, to dive in there? Uh, most of the depth charts uh, have LaMelo and Devontae Graham starting with Rozier coming off the bench, which, you know, we'll see if that how that's going to fly. But at least that gives them a really good rotation there. And then, you know, they, they had a really great pick last year with P.J. Washington out of North Carolina, and he showed uh, stretches. You know, he was a rookie, so he had some bad games, but he showed stretches of really bringing, you know, bringing the game. So, you know, and Miles Bridges – who was their uh, top pick the year before. So I'll tell you, there's a, there's a good group there, uh, you know, that, that can develop to, together with obviously Devontae Graham uh, sort of leading the way. He was the, uh, I don't know if he won best improver. He should have if he didn't because he was incredibly uh, improved last year. Uh, but I would say, you know, the center situation is still sort of up in the air. Uh, Zeller Biombo kind of rotation, but uh, you know I think that win total's about right. I, I think that Charlotte's a lot more fun going to games once you're allowed to go to games um, than they have in recent history. So you know I, I think they're, they're at least heading in the right direction. Yeah, I think um, that center spot was always a question last year. Do you remember that? It was always it was like a rotation of who was going to start and. Yeah. The talk I'm hearing so far is that Cody Zeller will be the guy to, to start the season as the starting center. Uh, who knows if he'll ever get more than 26 to 28 minutes. But I agree. The question is, you know, are those depth charts accurate? Will Devontae Graham start or will Rozier start? Rozier, to me, is much more of a defender. Uh, might make a little bit more sense to play the two and have Devontae Graham come off the bench and uh, really Charlotte the ball. fans would burn down the arena if they don't start Devontae Graham. <laughs> he's the man. I, yeah. I think that he's 100% a starter. The question is, is LaMelo going to start over Rozier in my mind anyway? You know, I would sooner bring LaMelo off the bench, but, you know, we'll see. You know, Rozier was disappointing last year. He was, you know, expected him to be the man because they were such a terrible team, and he came there – you know, with all that scary Terry in the playoffs for the Celtics reputation. 
And, you know, he was supposed to be the next big thing. And Devontae outplayed him by a mile last year. So we'll see. I, I think they'll all three play a ton. But, uh, you know, I, I'm not the biggest LaMelo Ball guy. I think that his shot is jacked up. And I think he's got some improving to do. But, you know, we'll see. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, I think if they bring LaMelo off the bench – that makes sense as well. I think the key is to have one of those guys come off the bench because they are more of a primary ball handler. I think Rogier is fine as playing more of a two and being that defensive stopper. But it'll come down to their pricing in DFS and the rotation. So we'll see how that plays out in the preseason. You know, one last thing I wanted to mention DFS-wise. You know, I can't re recall how many times, it had to be like 20 times, that we built lineups that either had PJ Washington, Cody Zeller, or Bismack Biombo because they're always like super low priced, and one of them's always seems to be out. So right. it's like the value play of the day is always one of the Charlotte bigs. So I'm I'm just very interested to see how that rotation works. For me, it'd be better if they all split time. That I don't have to sweat trying to get <laughs> a value guy in there. Right. But it'll be interesting. Uh, to see how that plays out and how much, you know, is Gordon Hayward going to be, you know, now that he's completely the man, sort of like he was in Utah, you know, if he's if he's healthy, there's no, no reason to expect that his numbers aren't going to jump up as well. Absolutely. And of course, that puts Miles Bridges on the bench. So he, he takes a hit. Yeah. All right, coach. The third team in this division is one you're rather fond of, the Miami Heat. Oh, and they've got. Uh, some more depth this year at the guard position because they've added Avery Bradley, and yeah. then at, at the forward at the forward position a little bit more of a question mark because Jay Crowder is gone. So, uh, what do you think about this rotation? Well, I, you know, to be honest, I'm shocked that they let Crowder walk. He was such a, you talk about a glue guy for that team. He, I mean, he played big minutes, defended LeBrons of the world, and you know, hit big threes and I just uh, I'm very surprised that he didn't stay uh, that definitely switches things up a little bit um, the good news is Dragic is healthy you know I just read up on him last night and he's having no repercussions from that foot issue which you know I was concerned but he's ready to roll you got none coming back Duncan Robinson with all that fantastic experience of course, one of my favorite guys, Tyler Hero. You know, he he was definitely a hero ball for me in, in some big, big, big wins last year. And then I, I think you bring out, out a good point. I mean, if Avery Bradley was made to play for a team, it would be to play for Riley and Spolsper with the Heat. I mean, plays perfectly into that, you know, defensive tough notch up in your chops. Uh, and, you know, having him alongside Butler defending on the perimeter is going to be a nightmare for some teams. Uh, but I'm with you. I'm I'm a little concerned about the interior depth. I mean, you know, Bam's going to be dominant, of course, if he stays healthy. But, you know, I would love to get your opinion on this group of guys. Myers Leonard, Mo Harkless, Precious Achua, the rookie, and then your man, Kelly Olenek. I know you play him a lot. And believe it or not, somehow, some way, the dude that's like my age, Udonis Haslam, 
signed again to play yep. for another season. So there you go. That the thing is though, after Bam, that's a little scary. Yeah, I mean that's a group that I was kind of eyeing uh, in preparation for this show as well because it is the biggest question mark: who's going to start in that four spot? And I could see it being Myers Leonard. You know, they could put him out there for a few minutes and have Olenek come off the bench and be more of a scorer. Mo Harkless, you know, he could start, run around, play D, hit a couple open threes. You know, if they don't want Myers Leonard to be in the rotation, um, or you know, or Olenek, Iguodala, probably not. They probably save him for you know eight, ten minute spurts off the bench. But I, I think it's, I think it's an open question. I think it could change over time. Um, you know, bottom line, I probably won't be playing whoever the starting four is. You know, if Leonard or Harkless are playing there, even if they're a value price, I'm not going to play them. If Olenek's coming off the bench at a value price, then I'll consider him. Um, but this is a team that I, I think is excellent in terms of depth, in terms of the NBA success basketball perspective. But there's going to be a lot of nights where I'm not going to play any of these guys. They're so good defensively. You know, lower scoring games and just the, the depth at guard. You know, they've got basically five excellent guards in Dragic, Robinson, Nunn, Hero, and Bradley. But if they're all playing, I don't think there's enough to go around for a, a standout performance. Well, you, you hit the nail on the head, my man. We're on the same page. It's bizarre because the Heat is my second favorite team. That's who I root for in the East. But you know, as far as that that remote goes, I don't know how often I'll play a Heat player or teams against the Heat. I think they're going to be terrific defensively. You know, I think they're going to control the pace of games. So they're not, you know, teams coming in. It's going to be a tough matchup. And I'm with you. I, I don't have any confidence beyond Bam inside. Um, and the guard rotation, I think they're going to be overplayed because of all the hype they got making it to the finals last year. You're going to have Tyler Heroes and all these guys way over-owned uh, when they're going to be rotating between a bunch of people. Uh, I'll tell you, the only guy – I have eight guys listed for my initial strong plays in most of my lineups. Bam is one of those eight in the whole league. And it's because I think he is the interior of their team. I mean, even when Olenek's in there, he's – shooting threes and you know Harkless is not a post player so or whomever else they play there so Bam's gonna own the pain he's gonna get a ton of rebounds he's gonna get uh, block shots and he, and his offensive game uh, right now his mid-range game is beautiful so you know I think Bam is a very very strong play but I'm with you very seldom I think you're gonna see my builds with many players from a, a Miami Heat game yeah, I agree. I think Bam is the one guy who I feel strongly about in terms of his role, depending on his price, he and Jimmy Butler. And, you know, Bam, I'll just follow up what I tweeted about. I think he made about $30 million with that block of Tatum in the conference finals. I mean, you talk about a, a posterizing moment. Um, that was just terrific and um, perfect timing for him. He got the big contract, so he's there to stay, He's and he is the anchor for sure. Uh, by the way, you can find you can find us on Twitter. I'm at Language Olympic. The coach is at J O E S A R V A D I, and you can find all of us at DFS Coach Talk. Yes, and the one thing I wanted to say about Bam, you know, if you watch all those playoff games, 
generally the, the guy that stole the most rebounds from Bam was Jay Crowder. You know, Crowder was getting seven, eight, nine, ten rebounds a game through the playoffs. And you when you would see he and Bam under there, sometimes Crowder would just bull his way in there and get it. He's gone. So I don't see anybody else doing that. Now, the guards aren't bad rebounders. You know, they'll stick their nose in there. But, I mean, I just don't see anybody on their roster at this point that is going to rebound the ball other than Bam. And, you know, that's that's why he's on my, my uh, Elite Eight squad to start the season. Great squad to be on. Uh, so yes. let's transition to the Orlando Magic and their win total 31 and a half. Uh, the over-under at least. And this is a team where, you know, Steve Clifford grinds them. They play hard. They play defense, more low scoring. It's another team that I didn't play much of last year, and I'm not sure I'm going to play much of again this year because of that slow pace. Uh, do you see it the same way? Well, you know, it's a lot. Some of that has to do with the fact that they have a, a young what I think will be a first-team all-defensive player uh, of the year in Jonathan Isaac, and and he's going to miss the entire season. So, you know, I think that will speed them up a little bit because he was such a defensive stopper in the the half-court offense. But, you know, Clifford's that's the way he coaches. He did it in Charlotte. He's done it in different places. He likes defense first. You know, he likes controlling the pace. He has, you know, a, his best player being a, a post-up big in Vukovic that can shoot mid-range and in and even pop a few threes. So you're right. I don't think they'll be high on the list uh, for sure for, for frequent plays. Uh, you know, I think you can cherry pick a guy or two in here, you know, that might fit against a poor defensive team. You know, certainly Vuk's still in the mix. You know, when they're when the team is poor against centers, uh, you know, and, and after that, though, you know, I think Fultz will take a step up now that DJ Augustine left for Milwaukee. They sort of split the position. You know, it's been given a Fultz now full time and, you know, he may see a, a, a drive up. But, you know, a lot of these guys were I mean, they they busted as much more so than they boomed for us last year when we roll the dice with Fournier or Gordon or, you know, <clears throat> the, some of those fellas just very inconsistent. And, you know, with the pace being what it is, a lot of risk with this squad, no doubt about it. Yeah, and I think that's a great point with DJ Augustine leaving. Markel Fultz gets a big bump for me. And the reports are that he comes into camp looking very healthy, athletic, great shape, and he's ready to take the next step with confidence. And Coach Clifford's talking about him becoming a, a higher tier point guard in the NBA. And and if he, you know, his price is going to be crucial to me. If he's still around the mid 5Ks or 6K on DraftKings, then without DJ Augustine in the mix, I like him a lot. So uh, that's one guy I might target along with Vucevic, who is really the, like you said, the one consistent guy out of that group. A lot of inconsistency up and down that lineup. Um, and by the yeah. way, T- Terrence Ross has a toe injury, so yeah. we'll see how long that keeps him out. You know, if Evan Fournier is going to get a few more minutes, then in the preseason he could be a target for us. He could. I mean, they they also they picked up Dwayne Bacon from Charlotte, and they have James Ennis, Gary Clark. They have all those guys that are going to be min value 
that everybody's going to want to plug in there because they may play 25, 30 minutes to make your salary. But man, how many times did we sit there and just throw up in our mouth trying to watch Gary, beg Gary Clark or one of these dudes to get get some fantasy <laughs> points? So yep. yeah, not not real conducive either. And Fournier so scoring, you know, uh, is like is dependent that it's just he doesn't add a lot anywhere else you know even i just think fultz is a good play i mean michael carter williams will get a little time the rookie cole anthony i think is a good pick for them from my um north carolina he'll get in there a little bit but i'll tell you what man i'll I'll be going to uh to texas on this one a lot with the el paso play because vuk's always one of the highest you know expensive centers too so it just not a good team to target, that's for sure. Yeah, and one thing we might do a lot this year is pass on this team to get players from the next team, and Uh-oh. that is the Washington Wizards. Oh, my God. Just stack what? all Wizards and w- against Wizards, and you, and you win. Game stack city with the Wizards. We, we had that last year, and now you add Russell Westbrook to the mix to Crazy. take a team with a, a fast pace and add that you know, absolute train, uh, just chugging along nonstop. Um, and so this is this is really exciting to me. The, the fact that, Excuse me. Uh, the fact that Russell Westbrook is reunited. With, bless this is, you. This team's getting me so excited. I'm I'm having a sneeze attack. <laughs> Westbrook reunited with with Coach Brooks. Uh, yeah. You know, so he and John, uh, sorry, he and Bradley Beal are going to be quite the duo in this backcourt. Team has an uh, over-under win total of 33. Um, But again, with this awesome pace, uh, are you ready to stack on this team and against them? Oh, no doubt. I mean, this is maybe the no-brainer team in the whole entire league for stacking with and against. Now, last year, it was you could play Beal and then stack like three three guys against them at least, Washington, because they were giving up historic numbers but now i think you gotta really look at both sides of the coin here um you know my question is though my concern i mean we all got so used to putting beal in there and then not worrying about it because you knew he was going to get up a million shots and be the go-to guy on every play westbrook's definitely going to take some of that away uh you know not that it's going to not be great for Washington, but for DFS, I think it hurts Beal a little bit. So I think we see how that all plays out. Plus, you know, you they signed Bertans to the 80 million bucks. So, you know, he's going to get a ton of minutes. You got the second uh, year for Hashimura, who's, who showed signs of really coming together. Um, you know, and Troy Brown Jr. was the only good defensive player. Uh, this Denny Avdija, the rookie from Israel, is supposed to be ready to play. He's 6'9", 245, this dude. And he plays small forward and hits three. So, you know, they, ha- they have a lot more weapons, I think, without question. Nice backup in Ish Smith. You know, some other guys off the bench, uh, you know, that are I think can really help them. You know, is... You know, like a, a, a Wagner and, and you know, guys like that. Because you have Thomas Bryant and Robin Lopez who came in, I think, to to boost things in the paint a little bit. So, 
again, it's, you know, it's not Beal and Punt. You've got a lot of options here. It'll be uh, interesting to see uh, how it all mixes together. But Scott, Scotty Brooks is not my favorite coach by any stretch in the league. Uh, but he had Westbrook in OKC. He let him, you know, run and gun and finish and get up and down the floor. And I think that up pace with giving the keys to Westbrook with a mixture of, of Bill and some of this young talent and shooting, they're going to be a fun team to watch and DFS for and against. Yeah, I think uh, Westbrook and Beal and their prices are going to be very important as you have to carefully figure out how to stack this team because I agree with you. I think Beal's going to take a little bit of a hit because Westbrook pushes it so hard. He's going to be up there finishing possessions, you know, turning it over, getting fouled. A lot of times, and Beal's not even going to be up the court yet. And I think that's going to be a change from last year with guys like Ish Smith being more involved, who are a little bit more pass first. You know, Westbrook is just not a pass first point guard. Um, you know, I, I still think he really held Durant back in OKC, and that was the reason Durant left. Um, so I think it could be more nights this year that we we pick Westbrook over Beal, and we don't see that crazy stretch last year where Beal had like 35 points a night in real scoring because there was no one else. You know, I, I'm going to sort of take the counterpoint position on this one, and I'll tell you why. John Wall in his prime when Bradley Beal was young and just first new to the team, he was, I mean, literally not just me saying this, but they timed it, fastest in the league from baseline, 94 feet, fastest in the league. So Beal learned playing in the NBA with the fastest point guard. So Russell you know, isn't going to be faster than the fastest. So he can play with that. And, you know, defense is geared to stop Beal. I mean, he even played the point sometimes because they just, it was, they were so bad. So with Russ having the ball, if he buys in at all to, to team ball, I think Beal does fine. And, you know, Harden's, look at Harden's numbers when he played alongside Westbrook. He crushed it last year. So I think Beal can still do well. You know, where he might lose some usage because Westbrook's hand on the ball, he's going to gain in better possessions, better shots, you know, when they're trying to stop Westbrook uh, penetration. My concern with Westbrook is he's still going to maintain being, you know, a top five priced point guard, and he still can't shoot. He's never been able to shoot. So, you know, on a team with Bradley Beal and and uh, Bertans, shooting threes those are two of the better in the league i think russ you know his shot attempts may go down a little bit i don't think he's gonna feel like he has to chuck and duck it you know like he did you got to remember last year's stats were skewed because there were several teams like the heat mavericks and and other squads that ran a double at harden to get the ball out of his hands and then it was westbrook having the ball four on three so I'm not quite on the Westbrook bandwagon. I think it's a great thing for Washington. I just don't – I think he's going to be overpriced for what he's going to produce DFS-wise, and I think Beal will do a little bit better holding value. Interesting. I think Beal will still play well. I just – if he's at 9K, I'm just not sure he's going to be popping off 55-point fantasy nights because I think Westbrook is going to shoot more because he's going to have the ball in his hands more from start to finish instead of deferring to Harden. 
So it'll be really interesting to see that chemistry on the court and how it yeah. plays out. So we'll certainly be on top of, top of it for you as we build our lineups this year. Uh, and speaking of this season and our and building lineups and, and membership and opportunities, check out this amazing offer from our partners at betus.com.pa. Listen up, sports bettors. It's go time. So put down the beer and make every sporting event more exciting by putting stakes on the line. Earn bragging rights over friends as you rake in the cash from each week's betting action. But don't settle for any other book. Choose America's favorite sports book with over 25 trusted years in the industry. You need a sports book with integrity and longevity. And most importantly, a sports book that pays. BetUS has your game with action on football, baseball, and basketball, MMA, golf, horses, and even esports. No other sports book welcomes newcomers like BetUS with their jaw-dropping sign-up bonuses. Now we have the best book in the industry teamed up with the best DFS provider in the industry. Make your first deposit of $149 at betus.com.pa with promo code COACHTALK and receive a free membership with DFS Coach Talk with full access to our DFS lineups in NBA, NFL, PGA, and MLB. The best in the biz. Sign up today to make straight bets, future bets, prop bets, entertainment bets, live bets, and more. No other sportsbook in the industry is committed to their users like BetUS. So sign up now and get on the winning side of the ball. Welcome back, and thank you again to BetUS for that tremendous offer. Um, go there and use that promo code COACHTALK, all one word, with that $149 deposit. What you'll get is membership with us for the entire winter, all the way until April 1st. And what do you get as a member? Well, we're able to give out full DFS lineups. Uh, in FanDuel, we give out a cash lineup and a GPP lineup for every slate, preseason, regular season, playoffs. And on DraftKings, we give out the coach's clipboard. We have core plays highlighted and pivots. And uh, coach, if you want to talk a little bit about our success last year and why folks would be interested in that type of membership. Yeah, I mean, first of all, you know, I've had people say that that's, it sounds too good to be true, but it really is. A, it, it's an offer that we're able to bring forward because, as you mentioned, uh, the great relationship we have with BetUS, and it just it makes perfect sense. I mean, the majority of, of DFS players throw a few wagers on some of the games as well, so it just it's a perfect marriage, and it you know it it gets you uh, really into our NBA season. Uh, as we're, you know, going to be months into that with this package. And again, you know, 79.1% winning percentage last year, which was our highest in, in the last six years. And we, we feel we can build on that even with more experience and, you know, hand building lineups, but still using all the different uh, formulations of, of, build, of builders with statistics and analytics uh, and on and on. So, We'd love if you join us, uh, you know, if, if you don't want to commit to, you know, that long of a membership um, and you want to just come in for a week, just jump on DFSCoachTalk.com, $25 for a week, and I think you'll be extremely impressed. We, For our members, we have a seven-day-a-week podcast for the NBA, and as Andrew said, we're giving out full lineups in FanDuel and Yahoo, and then our coaches clipboard and core plays for showdown slates uh, on DraftKings. So join us. We'd love to have you in there. And uh, this is the perfect time uh, to join. I want to throw a little curveball in here, uh, Andrew, because I wanted to mention these 
uh, as we were going, and I think we forgot a few. So I want to double back and uh, and and check on these win totals because we didn't mention all of them, I don't think. And it's important to know because you know if you're if you're doing some of the wagering here or you're trying to uh, you know game script out how these teams are going to play and if they're going to be successful and uh, it's just a good thing to have. So I think we mentioned Atlanta. Atlanta was 37 and a half. Which way are you leaning on that one? You know, I, I like to take the over on them. 37 and a half is a little high. Again, remember, this is a 72-game season. So yep. at 37, that means they're over 500. Uh, yep. So, that you know, can they go 38 and 34? I think it's possible, but I'm not sure if I'm ready to go there. I but, like the over. I yeah. like the over. All right, Charlotte Hornets are 26. If anything, for me, it's it's an under. Yeah, I'm not convinced. I'm not on the LaMelo Ball bandwagon either, so I agree with you there. Then we have the Heat. I don't know if we mentioned their number because it's pretty aggressive. 44.5 in a 72-game season. It's a little steep. It's, it's probably about accurate, so I'd probably lay off that one. But do, do they going- have that NBA Finals hangover or not? I think they're going to have a little hangover, and I don't like the fact that they they did not add a single big to make any type of you know addition in there. I think that's going to sting them as the season goes. And I like the Heat, so that's that's a hard pill to swallow. All right, uh, I think we mentioned Orlando. Uh, Thirty-one not, and a half. Yeah, you know Pretty that's low. one of it is. I'd probably stay away from it because I, I, you know, Clifford is is pretty impressive at grinding out wins. So I, I don't think I would bet against Clifford. I would just stay away from that one. I agree 100%. I, I have, I can't commit to either side. And then Washington, I think we mentioned, was uh, 33. 33. That's I, doable. If, yeah, if anything, I would go over that one. I think they can push to be a 500 team with Westbrook. I And that'll be fun to watch. How much of an impact can he have on winning? I think he'll have a big impact on winning. I think so, too. I mean, you know, and Robin Lopez, just in that rotation, he's tough, plays hard. Yeah, I think they can certainly move up. I mean, they were really bad last year. So let's see what kind of impact these guys can have. All right, I just wanted to jump on that real quick. I am ready for Division Two. Yeah, it's the Northwest Division, and we'll start with Denver. Their win total over/under set at forty-five and a half. They have. That's high. Yep, yep. They've re-signed Paul Millsap. They've re-signed Monty Morris. Big question here with Denver is who's going to start at the two, the three, and the four? Because they've announced, with no surprise, that Jamal Murray and, and Nikola Jokic will be in the starting lineup. But then do they finish it off with Gary Harris, Michael Porter Jr., and Millsap? Or does Barton work his way into the starting lineup? That's a tough call, man. I mean, they have a lot of unanswered questions there. I mean, they lost Jeremy Grant, who really stepped up in the playoffs and made himself some bucks. Detroit opened the vault for him. You know, it's interesting. I I think that... uh, First of all, I, I would go the under here. I think the West is so damn tough, and you've got teams that are better than they were last year uh, that are going to push Denver. Um, I do, you know, of course, 
the Joker and Murray are, are top notch, but you know, Gary Harris, PJ Dozier, and the rookie RJ Hampton, Will Barton, who's not a you know completely a hundred percent. I guess he's close to it. And then you know Michael Porter. I guess that's average. I think you know they expect Porter to step up maybe and take a, a more uh, aggressive role with the team. You know, I think Coach, I, I need to say, you know, we had yes. a lot of fun talking about Michael Porter Jr. this summer. Ah. Um, but it seems like he may have matured just a little bit. I saw a quote from him saying, I'm ready to do whatever the coach tells me to do. Wow. How he about saw that? The light. There yep. you go. <laughs> turned, you know what? Sometimes it just takes a little time. These poor guys, you know, they're 19 years old, for God's sakes. You know, they, they think they're the baddest man on the planet. So if he's seen the light a little bit, uh, certainly has the potential to be awesome. And I'll tell you what, he has the potential to be a damn good DFS player because he has, there's not too many guys in the league that have that Julius Randle mentality. Like he's, when you're watching Julius Randle or Michael Porter toward the end of these last few games, it's like they're knowing they got to get you DFS points. So get out of my way. I'm going to tip the ball in. I'm going to grab that rebound. And if, if you're in my way, I'm pushing my out of the way so i like that about porter so uh, all the the crying and moaning i did about him last year uh he may make a lot of my lineups because i'll tell you what i don't like this denver team they're definitely an under for me Millsap is way over the the hill they signed you michael green average you know and behind you the joker now that so they lose Millsap and they lose jeremy grant that crushes them inside in their rotation so it's going to be up to Bowl Bowl, who's not a, a post player. He's he's more of a shooter. He's he is long, but you know, and then they have Isaiah Hartenstein for God's sakes. So I mean, I'm just not impressed with them. You know, I, I Murray backed up by Morris will be fine. The two guard, I just I'm not a Gary Harris person at all. I think they're they're thin at the three, and Millsap and Green to me don't get it done at the four. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make this prediction. We can go back and watch this. I think they're the team that will fall the most of any team in the West. Interesting. Uh, I, I'm with you on the under because I think if they go 44 and 28, that's a, that's a good record in the West, and that's an under. And I think you know that might be not their ceiling. Certainly they're capable of going over here, but I agree. I think they're – a little bit more of a let's just grind out the season and get ready for another push in the playoffs. And with Barton injured early in the season, uh, Millsap, like you said, if he's starting at, at his age, uh, I just don't think they're ready to push for a huge win total. Uh, no. So uh, that'll be that'll be interesting to see, though, again, who starts, how many shots is Porter Jr. getting early in the season, and then who's getting minutes off the bench. We know Jermichael Green will get minutes, but is Bull Bull getting minutes? How many? Because he can certainly put up DFS points in a hurry. Uh, you know, he's just a, a freak of an athlete. It's going to be interesting. I'm not a big Mike Malone fan as a coach either. I think he's overrated. So, yeah, I, there will not be – that will not be as much of a stackable team. Now, I'll tell you, you get Murray, though, against a team that defends the backcourt poorly like a Cleveland or, or something. I mean, you got to play Murray just on the fact that he can drop 50 – Yes, he can. We've seen that. Yeah, but I'm down on I'm down on Denver. All right. 
Let's let's hear your thoughts on the next team, Minnesota. Their over under is 28 and a half, and they've got the big trio now set up with Rubio, D'Angelo Russell, and the big cat, Carl Anthony Towns. How do you think that trio is going to play together? You know, I, I think that it's interesting. I can't believe Rubio's back in Minnesota. That's so bizarre. I, you know, I the amazing thing is, though, I think there's two guys there that you didn't mention that are going to have massive roles on this squad. And that's Malik Beasley and Anthony Edwards, the rookie. I think, I think Edwards comes in and contributes from the opening tap. He's, to me, uh, from everybody in this draft, was the most ready, NBA ready. I think he's going to come in and contribute right away. Uh, and he's, you know, the, the question is his focus, and that's why he didn't go first overall. Uh, you know, his focus has a tendency to wane a bit. Or he was he the number he did one? Did go pick? first? Yeah. Yeah, he was first. Even and you with that, that negative. Remember, you picked that. You gave out the I, uh, the Fanduel lineup. You had him at number one. I did have him at number one. I, I was thinking he shrunk down there uh, the list of one or two spots because he he got all that bad media attention yeah, about not being focused and. He likes uh, football better than basketball and all this right. baloney. But I think that's a lot of noise. I, you know, Rubio's a good leader. The Saunders, Ryan Saunders, I think is is an up-and-coming coach. Katz turned into a terrific leader. And I think they get Edwards in there and get him going. I think Rubio, you're going to see, not as playable this year. I think he's going to take a back seat to D'Angelo Russell Malik Beasley, and even Anthony Edwards a little bit. So, you know, I think that's how that maturation process will happen with the guards. And then the bigs, you know, the question is, you've got a Kogi who's a really good defender, backed up by Jake Lehman who can shoot it. Of course, Cat at center. You know, how much are they going to get out of their four spot is going to be huge because they have Hernan Gomez there that's expected to start. Uh, they have an up-and-comer in, in Nas Reed who's got some ability, uh, you know, a Jaden McDaniels, some guys that could come through. I think they're one player away from being a playoff team, though. I think they'll be closer, they'll be better, and that low total almost makes me want to play the over there. But uh, I still think they're a year away and one player away from taking that big step forward. Yeah, I mean, I think they have a lot more talent here than some of the other teams in the mid-20s with win totals like Oklahoma City, who we'll get to next. So right. I think they they could exceed that number. I agree with you on Rubio. I think he'll shoot a little bit less. He'll be steady with his assists uh, and a few points here and there, but not going to be a, a big uh, high upside guy this year. I think Russell will get uh, more of the usage there. You know, the thing with Carl Anthony Towns is we'll see how he responds emotionally because what an awful offseason oh, he had uh, losing seven family members to COVID. So uh, you right know, hopefully he can, um, you know, manage his way through that. Uh, I agree with you. I think, you know, I'm seeing some depth charts that don't have Anthony Edwards in the starting lineup. I'm not sure why he would come off the bench for this team to start. I'm just not that excited about guys that you mentioned like Kogi or anybody else in that group, you know, Jared Culver. You know, Malik Beasley, we'll have to see how the, you know, his legal troubles play out uh, and if that impacts his availability here early in the season. That would certainly give Edwards more of a chance to shine early. 
I think Hernan Gomez. They paid Beasley a lot of money, though. They did. The they did. Thing. Yep. And then I think Hernan Gomez could be a nice uh, lower-priced player to get in there uh, with some you know, high-scoring games. So, again, he's a perfect example, I think, of somebody who, since he's probably going to be starting most nights, it'll just come down to what is his price. Yeah, and he's going to be one of those value guys that – you know, you're going to look at the old money equals minutes at times when you're looking for that value spot, and he'll make sense. But, you know, they they grabbed also Ed Davis, which doesn't, you know, have any fantasy impact. And other than the fact that, you know, it's just it's a it's a decent player off the bench as a big that will cut into some of that rebounding and stuff with with Reed or Hernan Gomez or or however that rotation is. There, no question, though. You know, I mean. Cat's the man here. I think he's still always a, a really good option. But like you said, you know, we have to see where he is mentally. He was uh, losing all those people, including his mother, who he was extremely close with. Uh, you know, just prayers to him because that's that's a lot to overcome for a young man, for sure. Absolutely. Well, the next team, the Oklahoma City Thunder, have a lot to overcome just because of their roster. I mean, we're talking about the definition of a rebuild here. Just think of who they've lost from last year. Chris Paul, Schroeder, Gallinari, Stephen Adams, Nerlens Noel. I mean, these are all successful veterans. And now the only guy left standing basically is Shea Gilgis Alexander. And yes, they've added Al Horford. But to me, coach, this is this is such a mess. This is the definition of a rebuild. And I think most nights these these guys are really going to struggle. Um to not lose by double digits. I, this is my favorite over-under play on the board. I love the under here. I think they are the worst team in the league. They're in the West. They got to play all these powerhouse teams constantly. And like you said, it's just, it's an absolute mess. I mean, I don't know, uh, you know how I, Al Horford is stuck there for goodness yeah. sakes. Like, oh you know they'll move him at some point. You know Muscala. I mean you're gonna you're gonna get probably one Thunder guy, whether it's a Dort or Diallo or Muscala or George Hill or God only knows. You're gonna get a Baisley, value maybe some Baisley and Baisley. Yeah, I mean all those guys could be decent value plays on any given card. But my goodness, you know, the, the things you have to worry about is they have a new coach. And you know me. I know every coach inside, up, and down. I don't even know this dude. You want yeah, to this guy, this? Yeah, this guy, his name is Mark Dagnalt. He's young. Yeah. He's only 35. Good and Lord. he has a history at UConn and Florida. And then he coached the G League team for Oklahoma City last year. And so now with Billy Donovan gone, he comes up basically through the minor leagues and it's a perfect fit really because he's young he's focusing on player development and that's what this team's going to need so you got Dagnall leading a team with literally no talent yeah. i mean shay's shay's probably a strong play early on i i just i mean he's going to be their number one option every time down the floor but it's like who's he going to pass to on the wing who's going to hit a three mike muscala is that his best option you know, he's going to hope that Horford hits an 18-footer. Uh, it's going to be tough. They're horrible. And, you know, the thing is, you talk about skipping that team on your, your scan on DirecTV. I, I don't really even want to play people against them because 
they're going to get blown out so much that the teams playing against them aren't going to play their guys full minutes. And right. I guarantee you, if the Lakers play the Celtics tomorrow and then two days after play the Thunder, I don't care what new rules they put in place with these $100,000 fines. It, LeBron's going to have a, a strained calf for that Thunder game. So well, you're going to see a lot of guys sit. You're going to see a lot of guys play limited minutes. So I would run as fast as you can away from most of these Thunder games for either side. And if Shave's price stays low enough, you can roll him out there once in a while because he will throw. I bet you he has some 35-point games just in the sheer sense that, you know, there's nobody else that can score the ball. I mean, they're they're not good at all. Yeah, I think the resting will work against them because the key restrictions are for the national televised games. And OKC is not going to be on national television, so LeBron and, and all the other stars will be able to sit against them and uh, and just take a night off. So we've got two teams left here today, Coach, and they are much more exciting, and you're not going to have stars sitting against them. So let's start with the Portland Trailblazers. Okay. Uh, and they've got such a core st- stability in their franchise with Lillard and McCollum, and now we've got Nurkic back healthy. Their over-under for wins is 41-and-a-half. And then look at the great additions they had this year. Yes, they lost Ariza, Whiteside, and the biggest loss of all, Wenyan Gabriel. But they added... Oh, where's Gabriel? <laughs> Gabriel's gone. It's 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 not good. I mean, they're oh going to be struggling uh, for Are, that key guy off I the bench. I you were play. his agent. Yeah, I know. I should be. I should be. <laughs> so... But from uh, some teams will never live down for the rest of That's our right. careers. That's right. <laughs> so they have added Derek Jones Jr. They got him at a pretty decent price for a guy that looks like he's going to start at small forward to start the year. And then how about Robert Covington? All of a sudden, you know what a guy to add to this mix with uh, you know his versatile skill set. And then they get Enos Cantor back in town as the backup center, and Carmelo is ready to come off the bench. I, I think this team is is a threat in the West. I mean, they'll be. I think they'll be one of the teams in that Western semis with you know hopefully the, the the Mavs and the two late uh, LA teams. That's what I have as my top four in the West right now. I agree with you. I think Portland had some great experience in the bubble. The fact that they got in and they got to to play the Lakers and just all of that experience. Carmelo has said that he's completely comfortable with coming off the bench. We'll see if that lasts. Covington's one of the most underrated players in the league. Talk about a three and D glue guy. I mean, perfect pickup for them. You got Dame and and McCollum, arguably the best backcourt in the league or close to it. And their backup guys got a lot of good experience. Gary Trent Jr. was huge in some of those games. And you got a Rodney Hood that's a nice ball player that can come in off the bench. And then, you know, Derek Jones Jr. just needs the opportunity to be a defensive stopper. That guy is a freak athlete, great defender, and that's exactly what they needed. If you if if there were, if I was the GM of Portland and I could add Derek Jones Jr. and Robert Covington to this team, knowing that it needed defensive prowess and defensive leadership. I mean, that guy should get GM of the year, you know, if this works out, because you can't beat that. 
Zach Collins shouldn't be out very long. He'll be good off the bench for them. And like you said, I mean, they grabbed Harry Giles. He's a young guy that still could develop off the bench. Cantor has shown his proof off the bench. Nazir Little, who ended up playing uh, quite a bit for them last year. So they're very deep, and they've added some defense. They have plenty of offense. Nurkic is healthy. Look out for Portland. I'm going the over on this team, by the way. I'm with you. I, I think Covington is really going to be an X factor. He's the perfect fit for that group. Uh, I think they are dangerous. They're deep. Uh, watch out for them for sure. All right, Coach. Last team here from the Northwest Division, the Utah Jazz. Uh, Over-under is a game higher than Portland at 42 and a half. And big news here, we've got Boyan Bogdanovich coming back from the wrist injury on his shooting wrist. Yeah. And they've added Derek Favors, so a major upgrade. And he's going to come off the bench. Uh, Tony Bradley is now in Detroit. So, you know, this is a nice boost to a, a you know high-quality playoff team here. The one other piece of news here that I think is important is Quinn Snyder has talked about load managing some of his veterans by sitting them throughout the season. So this is a team where we're going to have to keep a close eye on about who's in and who's out. I'll tell you what, this is, I have a, a big question mark on this team. I just don't think they got any better. I know getting Bogdanovich back will be humongous for them because he's such a great shooter, but he's going to, you know, be hurt a little bit at the beginning of the season. And like you said, when, you know, you have surgery on your shooting hand or wrist like he did that's not always a sure thing that you come back right away so i'm concerned about this team in a tough west i think under what is the over under for them 42 and a half yeah i'm i'm under 100 percent under on this team i i just i think if they if i don't think snyder should worry although he's a great coach i don't think he should worry about rest resting his players because he might not make the playoffs if he screws around I think they're that susceptible. Yes, um, Donovan Mitchell's terrific. He's a little streaky. You know, you've got Rudy Gobert, great, great defensive center, best in the league defensively. But after that, Conley's at the tail end of his career with no, you know, with just Jordan Clarkson there coming off the bench. They did pay Jordan Clarkson to stay a lot of money. He's a decent spark off the bench. Uh, look at their small forwards on their depth chart right now. Joe Ingles, Elijah Hughes, Jawan Morgan, and Jake Toulson. Does that, does that force them put any uh, scare into you? Oh, I'd I play Ingles 48 minutes if that's my group. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, Bogdanovich, we have to see if he's healthy. One of your favorite rosterable guys, Royce O'Neal, yes. who can put up 35 fantasy points or five on any yes. given night. You know, and then they've got like George Niang, who played quite a bit some last year. I think Favors is just about done. I, I don't see him being anything more than Gobert's backup. So I'm just not excited about this team. I don't think, you know, Snyder's a, a good defensive coach. Their pace that they play is just average. I, The Jazz are not going to be high on my radar, and I'm going under on this one, Andrew. I'll go under with you, but I do think they make the playoffs. I don't think there's eight teams in the West who are better. Um, They're gonna. And, I think seven or eight, though. I don't see them. They were flirting yeah, with three, four last year. They were. I don't think they'll be a top four seed. 
but I think they'll make the playoffs. And I will probably agree with you also that I'm not going to play them a bunch uh, because of because of the pace. Uh, so it will be about tracking the lineups and the news, who's in, who's out. And we do that for you at DFS Coach Talk every day. We're around the clock following the news, grinding to build the next lineup for each slate. We had a terrific season last year. We can't wait to get after it this year. We'd love to have you join us. Again, uh, take advantage of that offer from BetUS by going to betus.com.pa. Use the promo code COACHTALK with your first deposit of 149, and you'll be members with us all winter. And in addition to our basketball lineups, you'll get all of our NFL lineups all the way through the Super Bowl. You'll get our PGA lineups every week once we uh, tee it up again in January. And then Major League Baseball, when that starts, you'll have those as well. And if you're not interested in that offer, you can still be a member. Just go to DFSCoachTalk.com and pick up the uh, weekly membership, monthly, or the NBA all-access uh, all package. Again, that takes you all the way through April 1st, and you still have access to all of our other sports. We just call it the NBA all-access all package because it's our, our number one sport. Right. But, yeah, you know, again, a differentiator for us, to a lot of our competitors is you don't have to buy each sport. You know, once you're a part of the, the family here at DFS Coach Talk and you're in our Discord, you're in there for everything. So, uh, you know, you'll see we're in there all hours. I was in there last night chatting with OG and, and Slim to Goat and some of our, our great members, you know, two, three in the morning. And uh, we're talking sports and, you know, figuring out, uh, usage and just we're always in there and you're gonna you're gonna get a lot of support from the group within uh and you know we're looking at every statistic and hand building everything so uh if you really want a different experience you've never had before as far as dfs goes uh jump in with us you know we'd love to have you we're right at the you know starting uh the preseason on friday uh crazy ex uh, hot last year in preseason uh just really took advantage of, of all the information. I mean, we're scouring everything on all the different sites from Bleacher Report to Roto-Wire to Roto-World to, you know, everything on Twitter. We've got a lot of the beat writers on Twitter, which uh, we didn't get as much advantage with them last year because of the bubble. But now the teams are in their home cities again. We'll be able to get some of that chatter. And all of that helps because, as you know, it's just, you know, one thing the coach says about a rotation or a guy in or out, you know, we're going to be on top of every piece of that and give you the best edge uh, that you've ever had in DFS. And that I can promise you. Absolutely. So uh, we're glad that you joined us today. Make sure to check out our upcoming two podcasts as we finish our preview of the NBA season and check out our NFL podcasts this week as well. We'll have five coming up. So, Look forward to uh, continuing our success there as well. So on behalf of the coach, Joe Sarvati, I'm Andrew Hansen. Thank you so much for joining us, and be sure to check out our next podcast as we look to crush it in DFS.